This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, February 11th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Newsom visits Valley. Grape prices plummet. Controversy over black farmer aid. And EPA watchdog questions pesticide regulation. Newsom defends track record on farm worker vaccinations. Governor Gavin Newsom traveled to the Fresno Fairgrounds yesterday to announce the eventual launch of a mass vaccination site. Yet Newsom was able to share no details about the site or when it would open, which is contingent on the Federal Emergency Management Agency. The administration has been criticized lately for shifting its vaccination priorities, giving those 65 and up the same priority as ag workers in the next round of doses. As with other recent press conferences, the governor gathered several local Democrats to praise his record and counter a mounting recall effort. Representative Jim Costa, for example, saluted Newsom's visit to the San Joaquin Valley in his first week of office. He's made tough decisions that aren't popular right now, as you can tell from some folks, said Costa. Behind the press conference, a demonstrator chanted on a megaphone to recall Newsom. State Senator Melissa Hurtado of Sanger called the governor a great advocate for the Central Valley. A county supervisor then thanked him for supporting a county program that vaccinated 3,000 farm workers and calling it a resounding success. About 90% of the workers accepted the shot. Newsom also said California's five millionth vaccine dose went to a 85-year-old former farm worker. Social justice advocates likely did not appreciate the governor thanking Foster Farms for vaccinating a thousand of their staff, which they did quite efficiently, he said. The company has taken extensive criticism from labor advocates for large outbreaks last year at its processing plants. Following wildfires, grape prices drop as much as 40 percent. USDA's National Agriculture Statistics Service released a preliminary grape crush report for 2020. It showed a 14 percent drop in size from the 2019 crush. Red wine grapes accounted for the largest share of the crush and had a 16% decline. White wine varieties were down 10%. Both raisin and table varieties were down about 30%. The average price across varieties suffered a 17% loss. Table grapes plummeted by 38%, while red wine grapes saw a 22% decline. The average price for Cabernet Sauvignon was down more than 30%. The prices reflect adjustments due to smoke damage, according to CDFA. Jason Mars sings the virtues of carbon farming to legislature. Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Jason Mars is also an avocado farmer with nearly two decades under his belt. He testified at an informational hearing for the Assembly Ag Committee yesterday about the need for more policies and incentives to support regenerative farming. Mars said his farm grew from a hobby to a business interest in 2015 when he saw the need to create a direct-to-consumer operation to remain competitive in the marketplace, and it wasn't easy. He said keeping up with all the reporting requirements for local, state, and federal is daunting. It's really is. It's tough. 
Mars supported Newsom's earlier proposal for a climate resilience bond for funding on-farm carbon capture projects. He also pushed for establishing carbon sequestration credits, which have been the subject of recent bills. House Ag Democrats hold together to advance stimulus. The new chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Georgia Representative David Scott, passed his first test as Democrats stuck together last night to advance their piece of the sweeping $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Republicans took aim at a key provision of the stimulus package that pays off USDA farm loans held by minority farmers. Republicans charged that it was unfair and potentially unconstitutional. With Scott, the committee's first black chairman, stood by the plan, which was the result of discussions with key senators and the Biden administration. Scott said there has been no one who has been discriminated against in the whole agriculture industry like African Americans who deserve some compassion and understanding. Take note, Representative Randy Feenstra, a Republican of Iowa, made a splash in his first committee meeting winning adoption of an amendment that forced Iowa Democrat colleague Cindy Axney to break party ranks. Feenstra's amendment would earmark some of the bill's funding for farmers that were hurt by last summer's deratio. How to make a point? Well, the meeting was held online, and Representative Michelle Fishback, a Minnesota Republican, was in the middle of arguing that the bill shortened rural broadband needs when her bulky connection cut out. Representative Vicki Hartzler, a Missouri Republican, jumped in to observe. She's making her point about rural broadband as an issue, and she's having connectivity problems. You can read our report on the stimulus package at agripulse.com. China faces high hurdle to meet 2021 commitment. China missed the purchasing goal set in the Phase 1 agreement for the 2020 calendar year, even though the Chinese imported record amounts of U.S. ag commodities, according to a new analysis from the American Farm Bureau Federation. AFBF calculates that China's ag purchases totaled $27.2 billion last year. That was well short of the goal, and the 2021 commitment will be even harder to hit. The 2020 goal set in the text of the deal is $36.5 billion, but the Farm Bureau calculates that commitment to be at $33.4 billion when factoring in the cost of shipping and freight. China's two-year commitment is the equivalent of $73 billion, so ag exports will have to hit $45.8 billion to meet that, according to AFBF. This would be equivalent to a nearly 69% increase in exports over 2020 levels and a whopping 120% increase over 2017, the analysis says. Hemp Group's I task force to develop checkoff proposal. Two hemp industry groups are looking for about 20 people to serve on a task force that will develop a proposal for a checkoff program funding research, education, and promotional activities for the crop. Leaders from the National Industrial Hemp Council and the Hemp Industries Association say they want the task force to be geographically diverse and represent all facets of the industry, from farming to processing to CBD manufacturing. The group's work is expected to take about 18 months. One important question to be addressed is the size of the budget needed to fund activities and precisely what those activities would be. 
that would help determine how much growers and other checkoff participants would be assessed. Pesticide registration programs for states faces changes. EPA's internal watchdog says the agency's process of granting special local needs, or SLN, pesticide registration needs overhaul. Without a system of management controls, publicly available data, and clear and consistent stakeholder communication, the SLN program is at risk of not effectively promoting risk reduction and polluting prevention, the agency's inspector general says in a new report. The program has been used historically to allow states to register pesticides for pest problems that cannot be addressed by federally registered chemicals. But it also has been used to restrict uses, such as by setting cutoff dates, as in the case of dicamba. The Office of Pesticide Programs agreed with the OIG's recommendation to improve the program, which includes development of a database and standard operating procedures to allow SLN applications to be reviewed consistently. Here's today's She Said It. Societies that perpetuate systemic racism have often tied to economic injustice and the exploitation of labor. Because of that history, we now have our Agriculture Labor Relations Act. That Ag Labor Board Chair Victoria Hassad in recognition of Black History Month. Hassad was explaining how the civil rights movement was tied to farm worker rights. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, February 11th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.